Hi. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't see you there. Uh, you know, we're going to get started in just a second. But first, uh, you know, we got a little business to take care of. You see, we love what we do on Best of Five, but truth is we got to get paid somehow. Hope you guys don't have any beef with that. <laughs> So before we get started, uh, just take a second and listen to all of our wonderful sponsors who help make uh, Best of Five possible. That's your cue to play the sponsor videos. Wait, what? What do you mean we don't have videos? What do you mean we don't have sponsors? Why didn't you say anything before this? We had the production meeting yesterday. We could, we went, look, I mean, I've got like 30 of these. What am I supposed to do with them? No, I can't take them back. They're prepaid. That's the only reason they made 30. You know what? Forget it. Forget it. You guys are watching Best of Five. Stay Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Best of Five. Tonight on the show, Combo Breaker was amazing. Mortal Kombat is at the top of the charts on all consoles. And Ono teases some Street Fighter V announcements. But first, Mike, welcome back. I don't Thank know if you. you recall, we had a bet with the boys on the Skype boys a couple weeks ago. This is for some of the time. We bet that Sonic Fox would win. The best part about this this bet is that he did not win this week, so we bet <laughs> on the perfect tournament right before this bet wouldn't work. So thank you, John and Steve. And shout-outs to Alon, who hosted um, last week. Alon, how you doing, buddy? I'm enjoying some pizza, thanks. <laughs> yeah. You got some pizza fall-off there? Sure did. Okay. It's actually stuck on the box. It's kind of gross, but still good. We're going to be eating pizza disgustingly, smacking our gums, because that's what people like when they watch streams. They yeah. want to hear it in their earphones. Yeah. Um. And courtesy, this pizza is courtesy of uh, none other than Steve, Ace King, Officer Jerk. Thank you for the pizza, Steve. And John is uh, <laughs> responsible for Mike's pizza. John, thank you very much, John. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Mike, did you have a good time at Combo Breaker? Combo Breaker was great. Combo Breaker was great. Um, I only got to go to one day of Combo Breaker this year, and it was still better than any other tournaments three days. So, take that how you will. Um, I just wanted to make a, a, a quick uh, change to my previous statement about Steve. This isn't courtesy of Steve Ace King Offsuit Jurek. This is courtesy of the award-winning Steve Ace King Offsuit Jurek. In fact, we have a video. Why don't you go ahead and play that at the top of the show? This is uh, courtesy of the Bestabon. This is none other than Rick the Hotto, who runs the Combo Breaker Tournament. Um, giving a shout-out to our boy... You know him. You love him. Some bitch got over 5,000 followers on Twitter, and we'll be talking about that here in a second. But uh, this is none other than the man, Rick, giving out a special community award to our boy, Steve. Award-winning Steve, Ace King, Officer Jurek. Man, um, I, I'm not even going to front uh, when I saw this. Like, I, I saw this after the fact. Um, I, I teared up a bit. I, I, I honestly did because it's, you know, it's been a rough few months and to be recognized for something simple that I do, you know, I, I don't do anything that nobody else could do. Um, but I enjoy it because of 
the fact that I'm able to connect people to what we saw this last weekend uh, with all the passion in that room, all the energy, all the excitement. You know, I love that. I love fighting games and what it can do. And the fact that I can help point people in that direction is awesome. So, so as long as I am able to do it, I'll keep on doing it. Uh, thank you. Thank you, everyone involved in Combo Breaker, uh, Rick, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. And now I'll thank you to hit us with a motherfucking recap. Uh, we probably should <laughs> hit that up. Um, there were some things that went down outside of Combo Breaker, believe it or not. Uh, okay, now I'm centered. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, Street Fighter League, week six. I, I don't even know what to say anymore. Like, Samurai, he has won. He, he has gone reverse OCV the last three weeks. So why not ban his character? Yet they didn't, and he did it again. Fourth week in a row they just don't learn uh so now they are four and two tied with gale for second place who also got a three to win this weekend they're both chasing inferno uh punk's team another strong weekend for him moving up to five and one tough sledding for toy and justin wong uh they are two games below the cutoff line with four rounds to play uh, they both have some work to do if they want to avoid being relegated from the Street Fighter League. Uh, but, of course, everybody is talking about uh, the big event, Combo Breaker. Uh, let's kick it off looking at the Eunice tournament. Why? Why? It's just rubbing it in. God damn it. Um, Clear Lamp. You'd expect him to win if you just took a look at the uh, list of entrants. It's not a big surprise. But Red Blade played really, really well. Actually beat Clear Lamp in winner's finals. Uh, but Clear Lamp was able to run it back. Uh, even still, you know, between him, uh, Clem, there's a good chance of uh, of American and Western players doing well at EVO this year making top eight, perhaps even winning it. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Eunice player, uh, Minnesota player, very strong. The only thing that I can say bad about him is that his new name is not as cool as his former name, which was Shaquille Uniel. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he could be someone else to watch uh, at, at Evo coming up. Uh, let's kick it over to the Sunday games, the main stage games. Street Fighter V was the first of the big three pro circuit titles uh, to have their finals on Sunday. No big surprise. Uh, Punk, he, he didn't make it look easy, but he is just on an absolute tear right now. Uh, Punk, uh, Prom X was able to reset the grand final, but Punk found his rhythm in the second set to get his third premier win of the season. He has made grand finals all four times. He, his lead right now is so ridiculous. He, he's got more than double of second place. He, he's almost ahead of second through fourth combined. It is ridiculous. Um, also want to talk about Meta RD. I don't know if we want to, like, do we want to talk about the games individually or do you want to? Yeah, go yeah, for go it. Go back. 
Menard, can we talk about that man's run? Because he went through hell. He beat Tokido. He beat Daigo. He beat, who else did he beat? He beat, uh, sorry, I'm getting the list here. He beat Bonchan. He beat Mago. And he still didn't make top eight. It is just ridiculous the hell you have to go through to get to top eight, especially at an event this deep. Who did he lose to? Uh, he lost to John Takeuchi, and he lost to Takamura, who is, uh, who was, man, y'all are just enjoying <laughs> the fuck out of that pizza. This is the Sonic pizza, dude. <laughs> but, I mean, that was just part of a good weekend for Europe in general. I mean, you've got, even if dude, you Dude, Vega Patch got 13th with Fang? What the yeah. hell? Vega Patch was ridiculous. Uh. Obviously, Problem X doing what we know he's capable of. Takamura, a very strong player, not necessarily someone you think of as a top eight premier player, but this is a guy who can do some damage. He beats, uh, there's three people that really stand out to me here, which are Takamura, JB, and Vega Patch, as people who, like, no one expected these results. And JB has been amazing all season. Takamura has continued to, like, take names at almost every event he's gone to. And Vega Patch, I mean, getting 13th with Fang, I, that's going to be the best Fang result in a very long time in a premiere. Maybe even since, like, the Season 1 era. I can't think of any uh, any big r- results outside of that, but he beat Ryusei, he beat Kami, he beat JB, he beat Strider, who has been on an absolute tear, He and he beat uh, Mena. So it's not like he had an easy goes to make top eight or top 16, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. The chat says that <clears throat> Donka looks like a less beat up version of Donka today. God, I got thrown through the fucking ring. They actually liked my smash commentary, yeah. but I was getting comparisons through the ringer. It was like, uh, I think I already said this one, but I got it like three more times. I got compared to every game of Thrones character, including Tyrion, but taller after he got beat up in the war or whatever. Like, I mean, it was like anything you could imagine was fair game this weekend. It was crazy. I was going to say EC3. Easy Nobody th- knows who that is. Man, oh, who is that? Who is that, Steve? Forget it. Forget it. If you don't know, you don't know. <clears throat> All right. Um, I want to talk a little bit before we move on about... Mena, a little further. People gave that guy shit when he beat, when he won the Capcom Cup. Right. I was salty about that. And people were mad that he beat uh, Tokido. And people were saying that his tactics weren't top tier. That, you know, given the circumstances, he might have gotten lucky, which is bullshit. Um, he beat Tokido again. And I don't think it's the first time it's happened, has it? Since then? Steve, by any chance, do you know that? Off the top of my head, I don't remember. I, I mean, he's beaten Punk several time, times. But... He's beaten Tokido several times. He's beaten Daigo several times. He's beaten Nemo several times. He's at the point where you'd be hard-pressed to talk much shit. You would be. Um, I just want to see that guy do better. I did think it was a little uh, dramatic uh, winning a, a round against uh, or, or a fight against uh, Tokido and then doing this shit. Take it easy, man. He's still got a lot of games to play. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to stop but, for a second and say that, that I think that uh, that he's the shit. But that's been, you know, it means something to beat Tokido. 
I don't have a problem with him feeling himself after that because that's like Tokido is in the conversation for best player in the world. He did it before winning that match. Yeah, but it pumped him up to win the match. Fair enough. I think it's like, I'm going to fucking cut him. I'm going to cut his head off. I'm going to slit his throat. It's like, dude, take it easy. Are, are you guys surprised about Idom making top eight either? I'm not. I'm. A, I'm well, I mean, I'm. I'm happy for him, and I think Laura sucks, but I. He's been so consistent, and people forget how many events he goes to because he does so well at every one that he actually does. So you think, oh, this guy goes to everything. It's just no. When he actually shows up, he does well every single time. He's that good. He's easily, in my opinion, one of the top ten players in the U.S. And um, yeah, I think you're going to continue to see him do this well. I, I said it last year, you know, what? once Stoop Kid leaves the Stoop, watch out. Uh, I thought it was fantastic, and it was the only thing exciting for me the entire tournament was seeing Laura being used at high level and that deep in the bracket. Um, all right, back to the recap? Uh, yeah, let's take it over to what a lot of people were saying, the game of the weekend, Tekken 7. Oh, my yeah. goodness. This, if you did not watch this top eight, you done goofed. You absolutely done goofed. Uh, Knee taking it over Anakin with the comeback. Anakin actually came in from Winterside, was up 2-0. Knee ran it all the way back to get the reset. Won the first two games of the the, uh, reset grand final. But then Anakin ran it back all the way to the final game. Uh, before Nee finally pulled it out to get the win. Uh, but what a weekend for him. What a weekend for Tasty Rangchu doing it with uh, putting in some Panda work. Uh, JDCR making top eight as well. Also, Rixta and Peeling. My God. Rixta is ridiculous. He had arguably the match of the year. And, and it, it's one the of those things. You want to see it? Yeah, uh, this is the clip that everyone is talking about. Uh, the absolute comeback. Uh, you're going to see it come down right to the wire. Go- Rage Drive misses thanks to Rickstead going for the super. And it, it's just such a cool visual with him ducking back. And it looks like it misses him completely. It does actually clip him, but the invincibility of, this, of the super startup at, gets, uh, gets him through. But that was just an absolutely ridiculous moment in a tournament full of absolutely ridiculous moments. Yeah, that was hype. And even for somebody who doesn't understand all the nuances other than the basics <laughs> of Tekken, <clears throat> extremely exciting. Yeah, that was, I mean, and the, the energy was transmitted via the, the stage and, of course, the commentary and, of course, the, the hype of the crowd there. I mean, it's just fantastic. I wouldn't say it was the best game of the weekend, although a lot of people did. Um, I would save that on it for Mortal Kombat because I had a lot of fun watching that. I mean, it's always going to be, you know, whatever you like. The, the thing with Tekken is just like every year or every week where we have a, a master event or a major event, I think, okay, this is the weekend where it's going to be kind of boring. It's going to be ho-hum because it's due. It's due to have a bad weekend. It's due to have a bad performance. And it never does. It, it Like, every time you get these players together, it always delivers on the hype. I mean, we had a bunch of moments that 
that any other weekend would be like the moment. Uh, you had the set between, uh, I think it was Lohi and Chanel to make it into top eight, where they had a double KO that put both of them on set point, and it was might not even make your top three or top five of what happened this weekend. It is just absolutely ridiculous how good, how hot this game is. John, do you, you have are... an opinion on any of this? <laughs> okay. So uh, <laughs> let's move on to Mortal Kombat. John leaving me hang- out hanging to dry here. Uh, Mortal Kombat, <laughs> your game of the weekend. Uh, pretty impressive showing for that one. Obviously, over 800 players in this. Uh, one name that everyone expected to take it, including the guys on the desk. Did not take it. It was Scar instead. Hell yeah. Who who pulled it off. I should have went double or nothing. I really should have. My name showed up on Event Hubs. I was in the results. (laughs) I checked. (laughs) You made it. Scar ran it all the way back. Or Scar went undefeated uh, through the tournament. Did not get sent to losers. Uh, So Sonic Fox finishes second. Tweety. The, the other person who made Sonic Fox bleed uh, during the weekend got third, sent Sonic Fox to losers. I got the clip uh, right here. In the semifinals, but Sonic Fox ran it back in the losers final of uh, with a quick 3-0. But man, this moment, you could tell what it meant to him, just like how emotional he got, how excited he was. Like, this was something that not a lot of people expected to happen. A lot, you know, everyone knows how good Tweety is. You know, he's he's one of the best in the scene. But so many people expect Sonic Fox to be just on this completely untouchable level. And this weekend shows he's human. He can be beaten. He can be defeated. His, his Jackie pa- was looking pretty good, but then that last match... What was it, Sonya well, versus... I wanted, I wanted to do stats on this, but I didn't have time. Scar teched like 85% of Sonic Fox's throws. And if you don't know about Mortal Kombat, um, when you tech a throw, you're making a pure 50-50 guess. You have to press... You can react and tech a throw, like guess a tech, but there's no visual difference between a back throw and a forward throw. And you tech back throw and forward throw at different buttons. So obviously, you know, things weigh in favor of one throw. If you're facing the corner, you're probably going to forward throw. And we don't know what direction Sonic Fox was throwing in the whole time. Maybe he was just teching easy forward throws. But I've got to imagine that Scar's reads from playing Sonic Fox so many times in so many games played into this. Because, I mean, he was literally teching 85% of the throws. There's a move that Sonya does where she, like, falls up and breaks your leg, bends your knee the other direction on the ground. What's going on there? And how come sometimes you can check it? I'm blanking. Jack, Jack. So Jackie's um, trait, like a trait she has, is uh, or one of the special moves in her main variation that people play, is that when she techs a throw, she can go for a throw herself. Mm. So she can go for a free leg break or arm break. Which and that are techa- is also techable? That is also techable, but it's also a 50-50. Okay. And if she gets you with the arm break and then a leg break later, that's a crushing blow. So there's a okay. lot of mind games there as well. Okay. Which yet again are pure fifty fifty, and he kept teching that too, which was just insane. But uh, it, uh, assuming you're done uh, discussing the results page, I just want to get everybody's take on Mortal Kombat. This really was the first big showing. Yeah, we had the summit of time, but I, I would argue that this was it, a more developed, more evolved, a little more formalized uh, play style from people. 
It also was obviously the first uh, stop in the Injustice Pro League. Injustice. Mortal Kombat 11 Pro League, whatever it's called. Um, and it was in their hometown. It was in Chicago. It was. It had the people in the building. It had Ed Boon was there. The, the I forget her name, but the one that came up that directed all the fatalities was there. They had the community people there. Stephanie was there. Um, it was like everything you would hope for in a Mortal Kombat. And it, in my opinion, it totally delivered. I I mean I it's never been a secret that it's not my favorite game. And I don't think it's ever been a secret that the game has had a tough time lasting for a very very long time as a main game in the community, various NRS titles, but I think they they're starting to get the formula down. And if it's not the game, it's the community that's going to make it happen. The passion in the MK community for their own games is just insane. I was playing in winners semifinals in my pool and like I don't play this game that much, right? Like and I don't know any of the Texas guys who were cheering me on. But I had 10 dudes from Texas rooting for me versus the player from New York I was fighting by the end, who had 10 dudes behind him from New York. Oh, nice. Just unsolicited. Yeah. And, I mean, the the care people have for the game right now and the scenes and, like, the 10 versus 9 team battle they had and all that, people, people seem to really love the game. And, I mean, we've discussed a million times on the show how the hate that Street Fighter V players have given Street Fighter V has kind of held it back for a long time. Mm-hmm. That is the exact opposite in this case, and it's the opposite that made Tekken so popular. So I could see the same thing happening for MK wow. if they keep this up. That's great. Yeah. I, I was just very interested to see, you know, not just Sonic Fox not win, but just to build on what I was talking about talking about earlier, Sonic Fox, he, it wasn't just that he didn't win. It's that he went, he faced uh, Foxy Grandpa, and went down 0-2 before coming back. He faced Samege and went down 0-2 before coming back. There's this idea, you know, with NRS games and with basically any new game, that Sonic Fox is just going to come in and take everybody's milk money. And the fact that that did not happen, I feel, is it's great for the game. It's great for uh, the community heading into CEO, heading into EVO, and the rest of the year. That, hey... It's not an open and shut case as to who the number one player is. And and I can't see that as anything but a good thing. If I were, if we were talking to Scar, I would ask him, are you more pumped that you won Combo Breaker, that you won the first premiere event for the circuit, that you beat Sonic Fox, or that you beat Sonic Fox at Combo Breaker where he's never won? Um I thought it was just so hyped. There was a cool storyline there, and uh, I don't know why. I, like even back in the F Champ days, I never hated on the villains. For some reason, I really was happy to see Sonic Fox not win this tournament. Something about his cocky attitude, John. I'm sure that you could either shrug or uh, you know uh, give some kind of a nod of approval if you agree. Okay, Steve. What do you think about that? Um, I, I'm with you. You know, I think it's going to be. Like I said, it's going to be fun going into the next couple months of this game. <laughs> um, Mike, how's your pizza? Just, I, I just want to remind everybody that's watching, in case you missed it, John lost a bet. And as a result, Mike is enjoying this fine Via 313 Detroit-style right, pizza. I mean, I think Sonic losing does paint like a good picture for the scene. Yeah. Because let's look a couple, let's look like five years ago, maybe six years ago. The NRS scene sucks. They can't beat Sonic Fox. If Sonic Fox played my game, we would kick his ass. Yeah. Every single year, he kicks everyone's ass in a new game. He proves he's the best. He's the king. He wins awards. He transcends fighting games. 
He is, without a doubt, one of the best fighting game players of all time. And there's a strong argument he's the best fighting game player of all time. He comes back to his home game where he kicked everyone's ass, and he doesn't win. And as Steve mentioned, like four different people give him either a loss or a near loss. It looks like they've really like gotten good at their game. It makes the game look legitimate. It makes which it shouldn't need to, but it does. It makes the community players look good, which they always were, but it helps. And I think overall it it, it creates a story for the scene that like they really care about this game, they're good at this game, and that you should try it out because it's not just the Sonic Fox show. Who are you playing? I play Baraka and um Garrus. Those are who I played in the tournament. No Devora. I, I like Collector and I like Devora and I know their combos, but they are not there yet in the game. <laughs> right on. Um, any other thoughts about um, Combo Breaker? There was a lot to talk about. Obviously, we were talking about Mortal Kombat right now. Um, I was trying to watch as much as I could. I definitely caught all of the top eight from Mortal Kombat, but I didn't catch everything. Yeah, this event, it's like I I was able to watch more of this event live than I get to watch at most events. And I still felt like I missed so much just because there was so much stuff going on. Thanks in large part to the 10 streams that were paid for uh, by Sajam and his insatiable <laughs> beef sandwich uh, <laughs> habit. Yeah. Um, I missed the Florida versus Texas 10 v 10. I didn't actually see it, but it was apparently people liked it. I missed it. I fell asleep. Yeah. Sorry guys. I'm dead. I fall asleep really early. Um, okay, so then let's move on to some other topics. Unless there's more Comer Breaker topics or the recap isn't actually quite over. The recap isn't over. My recap bad. never ends. My bad, my bad. Go ahead. Um, just taking a look at some of the other uh, modern games that had uh, tournaments at Combo Breaker. Two I want to point out. Uh, Lost Soul getting the win in Guilty Gear sponsored by uh, Justin. So it was good to see him. Sonic Fox going back to Skullgirls and getting the win there. Um, had to come back through the loser's bracket, but was able to pull it off. It's That game is still so much fun to watch. I, I highly recommend you do that. And then Nikki, after coming so close so many times, uh, finally getting the win in Killer Instinct. Uh, so congratulations to all those players there. Looking at the retro games, you're looking at one name in particular, Justin Wong. He won CBS. He won Marvel 2. He won Alpha 2. He won Third Strike. He made it to Grand Finals of EX Plus or EX2 Plus. It was ridiculous for him on the weekend. And then Nakanishi, um, one of the best ever uh, Vampire Savior players, came all the way out from Japan. Uh, he ran a Kumite against like 200 players, it felt like, on uh, Friday night. Came back Saturday, won the tournament, and there's this great moment where where everyone, once he gets the award, they're chanting his name, they're, and he's tearing up because of how much it meant to him. So that was a really – you're seeing it right now. Um, it was a great, great moment. And then co Combo Breaker, we can't talk about Combo Breaker without talking about the auction tournaments. Did you guys see any of these auction tournaments? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, I watched almost all of them. 
Uh, Samurai Showdown, I, I love the fact that you had people throwing down nearly $200 uh, <laughs> and betting on their day minus 34 tech. Uh, you had well, you had Sonic Fox betting $200 on himself on his Sub-Zero and winning. And you had tech at the baits, the baits in the Tekken tournament because they, they used the team name thing there in a game where you're not used to team names, so everyone got messed up. There was the team... What was uh, Run It Black's team name? Blue Stuff. That he bit on? Wasn't it... No, oh, he... no, Run It Black. Uh, oh, man. I'm trying to remember. What, what was the character he had? Uh, he had Devil Jin and Lucky Chloe. Oh, it was... Uh... Like breakdance or something like that. Oh, it was Team Hot Topic. It was uh, yes. Hot Topic because he was he was hoping for gin, and he got Devil Gin, but then he got Lucky Chloe, and he just collapsed. Uh, you had JDCR betting on what was it? Uh, he he thought he got Armor King, uh, and he ended up getting uh, where was it? Who did he get? Oh, he got King and Nina. In team chain throw squad, chain throw squad. Yep. And can we talk uh, about how Rip wound up getting Law and was booed incessantly every time he did something because it was his main character and he still <laughs> lost. <laughs> That's the joy of the auction tournament. It's it, it's not just the tournament. It's the blow up. It's the bad financial decisions. The terrible, terrible. Terrible financial. I, I, I was decision. cracking up with that. I, I wanted to see some of the people get baited into spending way more money than they should have. It happened a little bit, but um, maybe not enough. Well, it just so happens you're actually talking way for it. Wait for it. I don't have it you yet. You know what? You know what? I'll wait. <laughs> um, John, you agree with everything that we've said? Okay. Um, the auction tournaments. <clears throat> So yeah, for those of you who didn't follow along, they'll often this was an old format that they got rid of and brought back. They'll list out a team with names, and you have to guess who's on the team, basically. So it makes it more fun than actually betting directly on the character. And I think it is the way they should do every single auction tournament because it's way more fun that way. I'm trying to download an auction tournament replay here. Uh, however, it's going to take five minutes, and I don't want to keep you guys waiting. So we might have to come back to that here in a moment. Is it the one of Blackbeard laughing at Run It Black? Um, no, but in the meantime, I have a question for you, Steve. What on earth is happening in this clip here? Um, well, I talked about bad financial decisions. <laughs> this is just a bad decision, period. I don't know why someone so decided sick. that a Tide, uh, a, a Tide can was a great drinking vessel. But I, I, I think this is psychological warfare. <laughs> like, if you're drinking, if you're facing a guy who's drinking out of a Tide bottle, n none of your mix-ups are going to work. The, you know this man is going in playing with his heart. He ain't, he, ain't, he ain't playing up here. He's playing down here. You know who's playing with my heart? Is John. John, I want to hear from you, buddy. I wasn't here last week. I'm here this week. I missed you. Your thoughts are important to me. I want to know your takes. And you're not talking, dude. Is Donka done with his pizza yet? <laughs> yeah, man. Donka's done with his pizza. Is it gone? Yeah, it's gone. 
Is it? Doc is not saying it's gone. It's not on the table. This is mine. All right, I'll talk. Yay! Hey, John. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. It's good to be here. <laughs> John, what were your thoughts about Combo Breaker, man? Um, yeah, so <laughs> I was actually up on the uh, Salt River heavily inebriated and floating down it uh, for Memorial Day weekend for most of Combo Breaker. So <clears throat> well, I'm learning a lot of it, uh, you know, here Monday and Tuesday afterwards. But from what I did see, it was exactly what you would expect. And then and, and, and in that, it because it pushed the envelope further from every year previous and prior. And um, so first off, I mean, it's been said a million times, but it deserves to be said a million and one times that good stuff to the Hatto and to his team for doing such a good job. Um, I wanted to say really quick that I, I especially liked the match between Tweety and Sonic Fox in Mortal Kombat 11 because not only was it hype, like everything you guys said about it, but it also showcased how the game is like really slowed down. And um, and I mean, compared to previous Mortal Kombat, it's still a Mortal Kombat, but Tweety played a lot of footsies and keep away and, and like chose his spots and it didn't feel just like an offense heavy rushdown just blah, 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 until somebody wins and i really appreciated that thought it was a great place to showcase something like that um sonic fox not winning was great except for the fact that i bet on him not winning like a week before that so that hurt a little bit but i was still happy <laughs> to see new blood and, and again all the storylines that you guys talked about how he doesn't win an nrs game at combo breaker ever and that stays alive uh, and it's also like kind of demoralizing when the same person's winning everything, especially two weeks or, or a month out of the gate. So anyways, uh, those are my general thoughts on Comic Breaker. I also really like Steve's intro. I wasn't <laughs> ready for it. And, um, and yeah. Thank you, John. I appreciate mm -hmm. uh, your thoughts on that. What do you mean by slow down? That it's more footy based? Well, because like if you so, I mean, I'm no expert because I haven't, you know, really do dove into uh, all of the NRS games. I played a lot of Mortal Kombat 9, but it's so much, you know, especially Mortal Kombat 10, right? Is like run forward, do the ar armored high-low mix-up, and just cover all your bases, and it's just pure offense through and through. I'm not, it's not completely that, but it's a much more that than I would prefer. And then they made this like conscious effort with things like flawless blocks, getting rid of the run mechanic, getting rid of most all armor moves, um, and, and things along those lines to make Mortal Kombat 11 more footsie-based. And the way that Tweety beat Sonic Fox, he starts and he just backs up. And just he walks, I think it was the beginning of the last game, he just walked to the corner and then found a spot and threw Sonic Fox into the corner. And it was so just a very confident retreat. And then as soon as Fox misstepped, or is, however you say that, he pounced on it and took advantage of it. And I was like, this is such good and calculated Mortal Kombat play. Like I was impressed and I think it, it just spoke really well to the direction that developers um, try to take this game. Um, it's definitely the most offensive game I think that we've seen in a while, like actually working out. And I, it's not what I expected. I mean, Scar won the same way that John just mentioned. He played really super slow. He anti-air jumps better than anyone. He tech throws better than anyone. He flawless blocked better than anyone. And he mm -hmm. won mostly with counterplay and, and very little with, with 50 fifties or anything like that. So it, it was fun to watch in that sense for sure. And, and it still is, like, you're still dialing a combo in and a sequence that might go high or might go low. So, like, that's still part of the game. Right. But it's, first of all, it's completely accepted in NRS games, and that's just part of it, and that's not wrong. It's just different than what a lot of, like, more traditional players are used to in the competitive scene, but it's fine. And, um, and I like kind of where MK11 is at. It's still a Mortal Kombat game, but it's a lot more thoughtful than I think previous titles have been. I, I just have a question for the, for the, for the boys here. <clears throat> With respects to... 
Mortal Kombat mechanics. Um, I saw more short hops, but I'm not convinced that any of them were intentional. Um, it was interesting to see the way Scar was not uh, bailing out of being punished. He wasn't doing like combo breakers, um, and he was saving his meter for other things. But it was interesting to just see different a little bit the mechanics a little more fleshed out. But what you've all been waiting for, this is the auction tournament that I wanted to show you guys. You might have missed this one because it happened before Combo Breaker existed. Check it out. A little setup here, Mike. Yeah, so this is the grand finals of the auction tournament of UFGTX. Um, we're talking about auction tournaments. I'm a fucking two-time UFGT auction tournament champion, the precursor <laughs> to Combo Breaker. I'm the king of the auctions. If they ever do another Marvel 3 auction, I'll win it again. And, Yeah. The auctions are sick because you bet. I think I paid thirty dollars for this team or something like that. Other people paid like two hundred bucks. Um, you find the other four best players in the room and you all split the weight. What? No. Um, <laughs> and and you play the auction and it's really fun. And this was Team Fly, which was I this thought fifteen years ago. Yeah, this was fifteen years ago. I thought <laughs> okay. this was going to be Iron Man and and Magneto, but it was Morgan Doom Modoc, which was probably even more broken. So, I didn't know you had a Modoc. I don't. <laughs> I didn't know you had a Morgan or a Doctor Doom either. I, oh, I had I had a Doom. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you watch this clip, I win just with Doom at the end. Well, why don't we if you fast forward through it. So you're reliving your glory days here, watching this clip here. Yeah. Yeah. See, Doom. Doom left. Win the whole tournament with Doom. Thirty-seven dollars. <laughs> Very nice. Yep. You know what? I actually, that same year, I got top four in the uh, Salty Silent Auction Tournament. What that, game was it? Oh, that was, a sick, that was a sick tournament. That was ridiculous. All, I, I, I'm still salty about how I lost after all these years. Fuck Mad Dog. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, that was a nice little trip down memory lane. Let's get to the end where uh, Mikon Padre wins. There he is. Did you pop I off? I pop off after a timeout for sure. I, I don't know what happened, but I definitely popped off. Okay, let's see it here. You just seem real happy. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, what's up? That's the Kotal Khan uh, chest slap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I miss you didn't Those do Those were uh, the days. <laughs> Those were the days. That was a little treat for you, uh, chat. I, I, I love how you how you went uh, to raise to tell the audience to cheer, but you used the arm facing away from the audience. <laughs> Yeah, what's up with that, dude? I also won zero more dollars than Ray Ray won that day, but that's a different story. <laughs> uh, I just want to ask you guys uh, now: combo or the top eight of Combo Breaker for Mortal Kombat ended up being like th a little over three hours, and that's without a reset. Is that something that you're worried MK about? MK did. Forward? Yeah, MK. I don't think MK was, needs to be three out of five. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. That's. That was it. Was uh, three out of five for the entire thing. I'm surprised it took that long. I feel like MK rounds are pretty fast, but not if everyone's playing all footsie base and such, are they? Huh? Yeah. What's an average top eight? I feel like an average top eight is about two hours, and then two and a half hours is running long. More than that is like whoa. Uh, but that's just three hours is definitely super long. It's like not DBFZ, but it's it's more than Street Fighter or Tekken ever is really. Hey guys, how long is DBFZ? A DBFZ definitely takes the longest, depending on yeah. if if every game has the same amount of games. I promise that DBFZ takes the longest. Sure. If, if you're if you don't count Smash though, because their schedule actually got a bit screwed up because uh, combo or they blocked out three hours for Smash Top Eight to start the day, and it still ran long. Yeah. yeah. 
See, and maybe it's maybe it's all the uh, the animations that are happening. I mean, maybe that's what's adding up so much. You I know, th- these fifteen second fatal blows or whatever they are. I think they need to change fatal blows. It's actually the only like, and I'm not. I I think they should not do balance changes yet. I don't think the game's screwed up enough for that. But I think seeing two fatal blows every single game, which you do at high level, is too much. I think it makes them less fun to watch, and I think it makes the game less fun to play, and I think it makes you it take longer. Because, I mean, if you don't know right now, fatal blows are like an ultra almost in Street Fighter where you get them when you start to lose, except that they don't go away on whiff or block. They only go away if you hit them. So, I mean, especially if you're already down around, you're always going to try it. You're always going to try it, and they're really fast, and there's no screen freeze. So often you won't even react in time to block it. And I'm not just saying I won't react in time to block it. I'm saying top players constantly don't. So they need to do something about that. Maybe they should go away on whiff. Maybe they should go away on block. But I I think that does play a big factor into why it takes so long. Yeah. There's also everyone was doing mercy. Well, not not everyone was doing mercy. There were a lot of mercies though, especially guilty who ended up getting herself beaten because of mercy. But um, that was happening a lot from what I saw. And then I think it's still at the stage where everyone wants to do a fatality. Now I don't know if that were the case on stream. I don't know if you're allowed to do fatalities on stream, were you? Yeah. Yeah. Fatalities. Someone actually got booed for not doing a fatality. <laughs> yeah. No, well, no, they did the fatality. And but they messed the, up. No, they did it, but the they screen cut away. cut away to a character, uh-huh. so they booed that. But then after that, they showed the fatalities. And right. they did – yeah, someone's mentioning in the chat. They did have intros for the players for the top eight. Like they, they had the players yeah. say a little blurb and they I actually thought those were good, footage. but they were a little long. There were some in there that I was like, you, you could have trimmed out like 45 seconds from these each. Um, I don't care that much for it, but Some of them were okay. good. Some of them were good. So, yeah, that probably added an extra 20 to 30 minutes, to be honest. I like that stuff, but I just don't know if you can do that stuff on a regular basis at events with other games sharing the same day. You know, if we're we're talking about, like, a Viennality where it's all about MK11, absolutely. But if you're talking about, like, doing this at CEO where you've got four other games that that have to run on that Sunday – I don't know if that's necessarily the best. We have idea. Uh, Cal likes Apricot in the chat saying manufactured trash talk is so cringy. I would agree. And if you had seen some of like the E League stuff or some of the uh, Injustice Final stuff, it was cringy. It was a little ham fisted. It was a little uh, put on, and it did not feel genuine. I thought that these we were somewhat genuine. We keep trying to copy wrestling, but the thing is, I was going to say, yeah, uh... wrestlers are hired because they're good actors in part. That's like part of the the job is that you're good at manufacturing trash talk. You can't or or you're funny at it, right? Like I mean like <laughs> one of the two. You get to top 8 in Mortal Kombat cuz you're good at playing Mortal Kombat, which has literally nothing to do with how good you are at talking to a camera. Uh, and I think we need different we need different <clears throat> methods or we need people to coach these people on how to do this because I've seen some of these interviews go on and I've seen how they they do these. And I don't think these people get enough direction in talking trash or talking yeah. on camera or giving interviews. And I think that's why they end up being cringy so often. But I you make them. them hold giant, like Jake the Snake Roberts, boa constrictors or whatever it was. It's crazy stuff like that. That'd make it interesting. God. <laughs> or, or make them do like Randy Savage and have them hold uh, packets of uh, coffee creamer. So... Uh... The trash talk we like in fighting games is the stuff that happens on the stage, like that the, the players do. The... When F-Champ gets in KBR's face, when Sonic Fox takes off his hat, 
when someone yells at someone else. They don't need someone to force a camera on them. The people who are charismatic will be charismatic without an interview before the game. That's just me. Didn't Sonic Fox and Scar flip each other off before grand finals? Scar, like, just gave him a full one of these right to his face as he walked out. That's amazing. And then, like, Sonic Fox, like, nervously gave him one back. I'm sorry, what? And then someone gave it to Punk, too, and that was a problem. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There was an article on Event Hubs about that. Yeah. We could probably... Do you want to dive into that? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, the the, the crowds, right? Um, Crowds was a... I have a clip here to get us going. Cool. Peep this. Is this the hungry box getting the crab thrown at him? <laughs> no, this is just all kinds of peeps having fun at a fighting game tournament. Uh, the recreation of the legendary uh, Mitten Monday Mashers uh, song, a.k.a. somebody's getting mm-hmm. F. Friended? Mm-hmm. Yes. Somebody's getting fornicated. Didn't, hasn't everyone said fucked a couple times on this show already now? Yeah, not Steve. Not Steve, don't time. don't you go potty mouth on us. Steve, have you ever like been about to get it on and told told your partner somebody's getting fornicated? How did that work out for you? Um, if I did, I wouldn't be telling you guys. <laughs> I, I mean, lo- the, the cool. chat wants to know. It's not me, really. <laughs> asking for a friend hey so anyways the crowds at a uh, combo breaker it's been something of an issue for a while now and we brought it up a couple times on this show most recently like i said the hungry box getting a crab <laughs> thrown at him right after grand finals but the connection or the 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 ability for the audience members of an fgc major like this to interact with the pros is I mean, it's becoming, or maybe it just kind of is once in a while, an issue because people can't keep their hands to themselves or they can't be, uh, you know, just respectful enough or, or figure out what's heckling and what's trash talking, what's appropriate and what's not. And this weekend, Punk, who won the whole thing uh, in Street Fighter V, afterwards said that there was someone that was uh, apparently losing money betting against punk which that's a stupid thing to do to begin with but mm-hmm. they were losing money and well that's what punk says in his tweet and they were flipping him the bird um i don't even think the tweet said that they were yelling at him but i assume that was part of it too we have um, the tweet oh hey let's read the tweet yeah uh duh, duh. if i can pull can it you out. read it in your uh, best punk voice i don't have a best punk voice anybody else want to i've never tried Cut. it <laughs> all right, I'm going to read it in my best effort voice. Victor Punk right. Woodley on Crowd Distractions via Twitter. You know, when I was in top eight, I guess some guy was losing money, betting all my matches, and kept putting his middle finger up at me. Something has to be done to separate top players or players in top eight from the crowd because that's annoying, and it actually pissed me off. So the first thing that a lot of people reacted to this with was, well, Punk, especially if you've been watching Street Fighter League, is one of the players that does the most shit-talking, the most taunting, not necessarily taunts in-game, uh, but he, he talks a lot of smack to his fellow competitors. Now, maybe not apples to apples to what happened here, but you would assume that someone that could dish it out so much like Punk would be able to take it. Um, so there is that that comes up. I, I don't know, and this is, a, this is a sticky subject because where do you go from here? It's like, do the top players need to be separated with like a kind of a VIP treatment no, from the crowd? Does no. it need to be something else? That's and people get mad at hearing those kinds of things. It's like, well, how do you deal with this outside of just 
I don't know, tighten security up or I don't know. I've been the I've been the guy, the devil's advocate, saying that we should give some separation for some things for a long time, and I think this is meritless. I don't know. This just seems so. He's just offended. There is not a single sport on earth where this would not fly, and Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any reason this should be different. And in fact, fighting games are one of the things where you can play them with earphones on and distract yourself a little more than other games. And this is just going to be part of your life as a pro competitor. And I, I, if you want, like, I mean, like you can request something like you can say, this guy's being a huge dick behind me and they'll probably do something about it. But I don't think this is going to be, this isn't, this isn't it. You know, it seems incredibly out of place for punk to bring this up at all too, given the circumstances, given his personality, what we've seen from him as a, as a, not as much as a player, but like I said, you know how he teases people all the time. And the severity of this, it's like someone was giving me the finger from the crowd. It's like, yeah, I mean, so what, right? There have been a lot more egregious errors in this same vein where at least when um, the whole Mena and Kaba and Goichi thing was going on, I mean, you could argue like, well, that was directly distracting me from the game, but you're not even going to see someone flipping you off while you're playing, right? Yeah, it feels yeah. Like that's, that's the big difference for sure. It hurt his feelings. Yeah. Um, speaking of being teased, I'm going to move us along because we're running out of time. Yeah. We have not one but two teases. One from Ed Boone, creator, co-creator of Mortal Kombat Wait, Can series. you show this yet? Okay, okay, good. Fingers crossed. If all goes well, next week we'll be announcing the fighters that will be joining Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat 11's DLC. We actually have the trailer early, but we're not going to show it. He asked us not to do it this time. Um, we'll, t- we'll come right back to this topic. The other uh, tease is from Ono. This is like Marvel and DC, right? Um, this is Ono saying, thanks for many your replies. Street Fighter dev team has been making preparation with US and EU offices on exciting new things for hashtag Street Fighter V. What a big event. Wait, what big event in August can I tell you about it? I don't know. Evo? So one is somebody <laughs> saying- probably you know, right after the top eight of one of the uh, like five or six online CBT events. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be, you guys are going to watch Evo. I'm not even going to go because nope. I know it's not going to be there. I'm watching top eights of online <laughs> but, tournaments. But, but on the one hand, you have Ed Boone saying, hey guys, next week we're going to tell you who's on the DLC. And they'll be like, hey, we've been working hard and we've been, you know, uh, not giving you any information, but maybe in Evo there might be something. Pay What's attention. That said. He's get he's gotten a little heat this week because you know there was the combat cast which people expected to hear a lot you know something about you know whether uh, fairly or not they expected to hear something about DLC uh, and the combat cat was ex- essentially there was one today a, 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 no no the one last, last week oh it was a, it combo was a, kind of I didn't even know he still had him yeah. it was essentially go to combo breaker check out combo breaker go to combo breaker. Um, and then Boone tweeted this out actually during top yeah. eight in the middle of top eight as he was sitting on the stage floor. So you already had people who were in the, who were watching, expecting it. And then, Oh no, no, we're, we're not doing it. So. <laughs> I was glad that he <laughs> put that out on Twitter like an hour before grand finals because all right, don't need to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just sit here and enjoy this, but it was granted it is in Chicago, but it was odd. You have Boone there in the fricking front row seat it's like oh yeah, dude, for sure we're getting an announcement something. no i just wanted everybody to see me tweeting that we're not getting an announcement yet what if he got up and did a with everybody has to do a get over here all <laughs> <laughs> that would be so tight 
Uh, what if I block to get over here? Someone though? actually throws yeah. a spear. Yeah. <laughs> wild. Um, at punk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Nobody throw anybody anything at punk. Or John. anybody. <laughs> no crabs. If he sees this, he'll take the joke just fine. I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure we he will. We don't want any dumb shit happening in 2019. <laughs> We're done with that. What if Scorpion like threw Goldberg's doing the spear? Instead of a spear, Whoa. that the would spear be a skin. A full size, or yes, a, small? a full size Goldberg grabs spear him and does a spear. What if there's just a Goldberg on the end of the spear? <laughs> That'd like, be like a hood ornament size. A mini, a mini, a mini Goldberg at the end of the spear. Yeah, you can pay me now, Ed. It's all right. <laughs> why? Why is everybody laughing? I make a reference, a wrestling reference. Nobody bats an eye. Y'all make a wrestling reference, and y'all just follow <laughs> Your wrestling references are the best, Mike. They are, I know. <laughs> Yours totally are really good. Stupid. John, uh, would no you one has a better spear than Goldberg? John, would you agree that Mike's wrestling references are fantastic? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. They're my favorite. Okay, cool. Elon, do you have anything to say about Mike's uh, wrestling references? I don't know. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, stay on. We'll come out for a split second here. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Let me go back. Anybody excited about? Uh, anybody want to guess what uh, it could be that Ono is teasing? Is it... yes, I actually know what it is. <laughs> it's not two new characters. It's not three new characters. It's zero new characters. But every single character in the game is getting a Chun Li costume. Yes, <laughs> like the Chun Li version of Sagat, the Chun Li version of Ryu. Hot. It's gonna be great. So it's kind of like uh, how Marvel recently did the big Infinity War. Set, we're gonna get the Infinity War Chundle coming to oh, coming, yes. coming dude. To problem X picked story. Problem X picked Chun, uh, Abigail, and I got so scared. I was like, How many Chundles <laughs> do I have to buy if Abigail wins a season four <laughs> tournament? I couldn't even imagine. Do we officially um, have that going? What's up? Do we officially have the Mike buys people? shit? Oh, yeah. If, yes. if Abigail wins a tournament in season four, I'll buy you whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> How about that? Wow, clip that and save it for later. $20. With, uh, under $40. $40. I don't $40. know, man. What if confident. they did some Marvel versus Capcom announcement instead of a Street Fighter announcement at Evo? Like we find out Marvel versus Capcom Finite or whatever is on the horizon. And yeah. I don't know. I, my, I, I make these jokes because I feel like the Street Fighter uh, uh, reveal, every day that goes by, first of all, is I think less hype that we will be on the day that the actual reveal happens. People want it to suck, man. I'm scared. I feel like people want it to be bad now. It's like a game. Yes. It's become like Capcom. They've done plenty right. And they've done plenty. Okay. With the game and the game's even at an okay place. Now I still feel like it's bleeding charisma because of the way they've set up expectations. And we've talked to that for, for a while now. It's just, I think that they need to cut their losses and, with how little that they're putting out for this game and how they're handling it, it's like maybe just let us have the game as is. I think people are happy with it. Let it live out the rest of its life. Do what you're going to do with the Pro Tour. But at this point, the reveals are are, are are like the new characters, whatever it is that's coming. It's with such bad taste. It's like we'll be happy to get them, but it's, it's not worth it. People are going to hate this game. Shout out to... Also, thanks to Squeezlebum. Squeezlebum for the sub. Squeelzebub. Squeelzebub. Zalbag uh, also subscribed uh, during our uh, intro, so thank you to you as well. Can you come back so they can see us? Oh, and Mike Strikes Back also resubbed for five months. Earlier. We always do. Thank, thank you, Mike. Thank you. He's been subbing since Kage was released. 
And we also had somebody cheer. Freeman0032 cheered a whole bit. Yeah. Oh, and J.L. Snow also subscribed, but it was three hours ago. Nice. So thanks. Okay. Wow. Dude, you Thank get a Daigo clap for that one. Pretender says he subbed today. I believe him. Thank you, Pretender. I don't believe a guy named Pretender. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. All right, guys. Let's believe uh, all our chat about let, everything. <clears throat> um, I am out of the loop on this hitbox that Daigo was using. And I would like for somebody to catch me up to speed and then give me that thorough explanation that you actually gave me prior to the show that I'm pretending I didn't hear. Does anyone feel like they know this well enough? I, I feel like I, I could probably Go ahead. give the gist. So Daigo has recently been uh, training on what other people have called a hitbox. It is it, it's a gaff robot. It is not the same... It is very similar to what uh, is made by Hitbox, the Hitbox company. Um, I, I don't know their official legal name. Uh, but there is a slight difference in terms of how, you know, the size of certain buttons, as well as, uh, importantly for in, in some eyes, how the stick handles op opposing inputs, uh, you know, either left, right, or up, down. With a hitbox, if you hold left and right at the same time, that it sends a signal to the game uh, that it's neutral. Uh, with the Gaffro boxes, it holds your um, last input or whichever input you put second. So if you hold if you hold forward and then hold back, it will register the back motion. Uh, so uh, there's a slight there's a question on does this improve a player's ability to um, to do moves like sonic booms, to hold charges, that stuff like that? Daigo planned on bringing this box to Combo Breaker, was given permission to do so, and then uh, a few days later, uh, there was some questions raised as to if it's if it should be okay, uh, and then they, Capcom came out with this response. That said, in part, quote, my screen didn't load, I'm sorry. Uh, but it said that while Capcom respects the diversity of the controller, we feel that the use of the controller gives the competition an advantage that does not follow the spirit of the Capcom Pro Tour. We, in close consultation with the Combo Breaker Tournament organizer, concluded that we cannot accept the use of the controller we uh, that does not conform to the CPT spirit at this event. They did go on to say uh, that they'll continue to consider controller usage rules and potentially revisit CPT rules later. However, please understand more information and time is needed in order to make an appropriate decision uh, regarding the use of the controllers in question. Uh, it was kind of confusing when they initially tweeted this out because it was a translated tweet that appeared to be um, through either, not necessarily Google Translate, but it wasn't the best, the smoothest translation. Uh, and they talked about how, despite this, uh, the tournament organizer's decision will be respected. So they, so they weren't sure whether it was, people weren't sure whether he was actually allowed to use this and they were saying that okay we'll go by what the the combo breaker to says or if they're saying 
or if they were saying that it's banned now, but we'll be talking about, you know, we'll allow uh, the TO to make the decision in the future. It was the latter in this case. So you're saying that Capcom was uh, bad with their communication to the community? I, I, I think in this <laughs> case there was uh, a little bit to be desired. Yeah. Um, I don't know necessarily how much can be on, you know, if this is the most egregious case. But so so okay so you have a stick that gives you arguably an unfair advantage because you can hold. I mean, you get like instant sonic booms, or you can get like really fast supers, right? With charge characters, it kind of feels like it takes out. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it takes out the um, what is it like the handicap of having to do a charge move. A lot of times, charge characters' moves are a little bit better in certain respects, but. It's coming in with the note that, well, yes, but they have to charge this move up. They have, they can't, they, you know, they lose some of their ability to move around, um, things along those lines. And I feel like this particular uh, controller kind of like infringes on that and, and changes some of that. Is anybody like, I mean, we could probably just start with the panel here. Does anybody here like already know that they think this is uh, something that shouldn't be allowed or something that should be allowed or maybe you're on the fence? But I like I, to just go around the horn and see. What I you think guys this think. should be unquestionably be banned. Um, in my opinion, I also think that this ruling was garbage because it ended up in a weird spot where they've never enforced these controller rules until Daigo snitched on himself and Daigo could have played with this impudity for his whole life if he had never said anything and they need to do some sort of decision on this and they don't want to make the decision and they've been putting off that decision, but at some point they have to make the decision. Mm-hmm. The, oh, well, okay. I'll go. Oh, well, you're still going? I was going to go into details on the issues with the controller. Um, the issue in, in Street Fighter V, it is an advantage. I don't think it's so advantageous that it's completely broken in Street Fighter V. It lets you basically, as you said, so like if you're pressing back and you want to do a Sonic Hurricane on a hitbox, you have to do back, hold it, and then press forward, back, forward. On this box, you can hold back the whole time and then double tap forward because every time you let go of the forward, you'll get it back instantly. So it takes away button presses. It makes the hitbox, which is already the fastest at doing inputs, even faster. It lets you pre-charge sonic booms perfectly. It makes a lot of things trivial. Imagine this shit in third strike. Mm. If you Mm. don't know, in third strike, you parry by pressing forward. If you're able to hold back and then every time you press forward and release it, you OS a parry for one frame and instantly go back to blocking without the... On a regular stick, right? You'd go, you press back... You'd guess when to press forward, and you'd have to go back through neutral again to get to back. There's a lot of human error and input time where you will not be blocking and not be parrying. On this thing, you can instantly OS a parry for one frame anytime you want, and it's trivial to do. This like this trivializes so many hard aspects of fighting games that we've cared about in other games in various ways that it's just gone way too far. I'm on like the crazy camp where I think hitboxes should be banned. And I think at some point they need to decide what controllers you can play on. And I, and I still believe to this very day that there's someone out there who uses unfair stick macros and is buttoning things to a, you know, setting combos to a button, setting tons of inputs to a button, and we've just never realized it. Mm. And, I mean, this isn't that situation, but they need to do something about it. And I've been saying this forever, and this like they just need to do something about it. I disagree with that. Um... I, I don't understand why we uh, are trying to artificially uh, 
make inputs more difficult. You know, this isn't a case of uh, being able to do something that can't technically be done. No, it is. You can blatantly do a ton of things you can't do. How is it artificially making? You can it go more from difficult? back to forward in a single frame. How do okay. you do that on a stick? Well, let me let me ask you this: If they sell sticks with octagon gates uh, automatically installed, and you want to switch it out to a square gate, that makes it easier for you to hit uh, certain areas because there's more area to go into. That makes inputs easier. Is that? Do you think that should be illegal? I don't think that There's makes inputs that are otherwise completely impossible possible. I mean, can, what about doing it on our? That's on an easy and discreet difference. Pack. There are things that are literally impossible to do on a stick that are possible to do on this. I, I just don't think that this is so egregious that it's that it completely changes everything. I understand that that you don't feel this way. I just feel like. We're, we're, we're drawing a line in the stand based on, you know, what we feel about it instead of. Uh, I, I think you should have to have some device that has to go through neutral to get from one side of an input to another. I think you should have to go through neutral to get from down to up or to get from left to right. I, then, I know that seems like a weird arbitrary thing, but I think it makes sense. And it's how pads and it's how sticks worked forever. And I think hitboxes get rid of that problem and i mean i don't know but i know i'm on the crazy end and i know no one's going to agree with me but i've never liked hitboxes and i feel like we're just we're just going further and further into this it's i think in order to find a, a more solid answer that you could share with more people and have i guess more evidence right in front of you you'd have to get an idea or a standard of what kind of advantages um anything you know in terms of controllers offer because you go from a pad to a controller, or I mean, I'm sorry, a pad to a um, an arcade stick, and there's like even just the plinking thing, right, where you can get multiple inputs and and such, and no one had a problem with that. But then we do, and and I agree with Donkey here. Like I, my as soon as I heard this was going on, I'm like, oh well, that's a silly thing, and I'm sure that won't be controversial because they'll just say no, you can't do that because that's silly. Um, but I mean, it's in the same ballpark as plinking, as far as I, I can tell right now. But it, I very much feel like there's some line between what we're seeing here and plinking, or things like that. And it's you know you have to find that line. But what is manipulating a game? What's going too far? What's giving someone an unfair advantage versus they're just using a different controller where they can do this thing? It's like I don't know. It's really murky waters. But I think someone like Capcom will have to really figure out what that Capcom Pro Tour spirit actually is and actually define it and then figure out uh, a more regulated list of, of do's and don'ts for stuff like this. Steve, Let me ask Steve, you guys I, this. I uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I just want to give a quick little uh, thought on it, uh, taking it out of fighting games, but in swimming, um, uh, people decided that you could go faster if you started to shave your legs and shave your arms and shave your head and all that, right? And then they're mm -hmm. like, okay, well, also, if we use this, instead of just the regular Speedo, we use the bike shorts, you can go a little bit faster and you can cut the water. And then they came out with, like, the shark skin suits, like the full body suits where the water, like, runs off you and you're pretty much, like, gliding through the water. And then they decide, okay, we've gone too far. We've got to scale it back. Point is, yes, there are things that incrementally make it easier to do a certain thing, but there is a line that can be crossed. And every sport has it. Football had an easy. issue with the sticky gloves, right? There was like, an, there was a point where they decided that gloves were too good at catching the ball and they took it out of player skills hands. 
And I mean, you mentioned swimming and some sports, there's really no difference between equipment like basketball, where you all share the same equipment. Some sports, we enjoy that people use different equipment. Like in golf, you can bring, you know, 11 clubs and some people don't bring the same clubs. They bring totally different clubs, not just like the, the manufacturer, but the design. Some people have four woods. Some people have one. Um, we, I think we, we like some sort of variety in fighting games. People are bringing up pads. I also think that on a pad, you should only be able to use either the D-pad or the analog stick. You can currently do a lot of hitboxy type things on a pad that people don't do because it's really awkward because you're not going to put both thumbs on the same side of the thing. Um, but they are possible, and I do acknowledge that. Um, I, I thought the hitbox is what went too far for me, and I understand that a lot of people are going to have different sides to it. But I don't think the argument that like anything should be allowed can go because I can tell you I can stretch that real far and I can make some busted fucking controllers that that don't require macros. I could go further than this thing. And I would I've thought love about to see it. that personally. I personally love would love to see that. Let me pose another thing to you guys. Um, we're getting, you know, we're leaving the area, the era, the area, the era of the arcade stick, you know. A lot of us use it because that's kind of how we grew up. That's what we're used to. But now you have players coming up playing on pad. Uh, look at the smash scene and look at how many players have had to retire or have had faced injury because of repetitive, uh, repetitive motion and injury to their wrists and to their hands from gripping a controller repeatedly. Well, to be fair, I only know of one. If you can tell me a second. Uh, I, I, I blank on the names, but there's, there's, um, I think it was PPMD or not. There was hacks is the big one. Yeah. And the, I think there was a couple others who, uh, I, I, I it, my name escapes me. I know gamer till death is in the chat. He's all about all things melee. So you could probably call it out. But my point is if we have a, a hitbox or something like that, or, or a keyboard, is a way for for players to still play the game without putting their wrists and their hands through so much awkward positioning and having to deal with injuries down the line. Why not allow it for the health of these players if, if for nothing else? I think that um, there's a point there, and I think that though what you're getting into might have more to deal with what we should make this a standard because when there when there are when there's a discrepancy, right? So and so is using this kind of stick. So and so is using this pad. So and so is using the gaff row. Um, I, I guess when you finish, maybe maybe this is a way of kind of gauging it. When the round is over, when the set is done, do you immediately go, okay, so and so won, but they were also using a gaff row. So there's like this mental asterisk that goes up next to their their name, you know, in your mind. And you go that detracted from the skill of this player versus the skill of the other player so significantly that I'm drawn to my, my focus is drawn there. There's a little bit of a, ah, he won, but, and it's taking away from what we're ultimately pursuing with having these kinds of competitions. I think that's maybe where you start to try to figure out some kind of a standard for all of this. But I mean, the, like bringing up golf clubs, that's an interesting you know point because people do have different you know, equipment that they bring to the table. You could even go as far as to say, well, you're using different characters in the game and they have different abilities. And so you have an advantage. Is that taking away from your skill or, or and that's part of it too. So it doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's an apparent or obvious answer to all of this with where it stands right now. The gaff row is like an anomaly, right? Like th there's, 
if Daigo brought it, he'd probably be like, I- the only one or one of three people using that there. It would be completely standout. So until further review, I think that it's the right call to not have these around until we can really staple down like a reason as to why it would be okay. But I, I mean, just there's have no so many answer, nerd think. talk things I could get into here. Like, right? Like we've determined the stick is now determining how pressing two inputs at once comes out. Can I, if, if I can say that pressing the second button overlaps the first button, but stores the first button's input, can I say that pressing both buttons alternates pressing left and right once a frame? Like, it can should, I say that if I do this, it alternates every frame? That's not a macro. That's just a determination by the board, the same way that doing that is. And if I say that they can alternate every frame, well, guess what? You can never throw me in KOF 14 because every time you switch from standing to crouching block, you're unthrowable. So I've just created, based on wiring my stick a different way, a way that I am unthrowable in KOF 13. There's like infinite different variations of this. And they're all the same manner of modding a stick that the Gaffro box is. And I just, I don't like it. Let, let me put it this way. If you put a Gaffro box in my hand and give me three weeks to get used to it, do you think I could beat Daigo? No, of course not. And I don't think that's- Do you think it, I would have perfect inputs? You could give me a ball that homes in on the fucking rim and I couldn't play in the NBA. That doesn't mean it's not exactly. cheating. Exactly. So the player's skill is still going to be the factor that determines 99% of who wins and who loses. I don't yeah, think but... focusing in on on the stick itself or the input matter, method should matter all that much. If If it allows a player to play better and it does it in a way that doesn't that doesn't trick the game because we should probably mention that most current fighting games have their own method for determining what to do with simultaneously pressed inputs. And so, no, but this is outside of that. That's what I'm saying. It's like they've, they've created a situation where the stick does two different things. And it's one thing to say that if, you know, you got that, that's, or like if, if, you know, you went and played in the NBA and had a homing basketball, you probably still wouldn't beat, you know, someone else that's a professional player. But if another professional team got homing basketball privileges while they were playing another professional team, then is it really cool I'm, if so-and-so beats the Warriors? Yet again, I'm not arguing that this is the definitive stopping point, but I'm saying there's got to be one. And, but and, both players could have access to that homing that homing ball in your in your situation. There's nothing stopping. Right, but we want to stop. We want to keep the rules of the game within some sort of sandbox at some point. Hey, we I, have to determine what that is. I want to bring up a point. Uh, I think I think we're overthinking this. Uh, so I think one of the biggest draws in the FGC is the fact that you can make your own controller. Like right, we we got really hyped when we saw the dude play Guilty Gear on a on a guitar. Or we saw, mm-hmm. what was his name? That's Initial D, wheel. like he was playing it on a wheel. Uh, I think the solution to this is really simple, is to determine how the boards of these controllers should read the inputs and then Yeah, that's fine. It. If you that's can it. do that, then that's okay. But, I mean, we haven't done that. Yeah, and, and, and you know, that's the thing with evolving technology, right? You find new things that you have to start either standardizing or have a ruling on, and that's what they did here. They had a ruling on it. It's new. We just got to roll with the punches and see whether it's a thing we can keep going with or not. You know? Hey guys, we've exhausted this topic. How about we whip open the mailbag? Woohoo! I thought you guys were gonna sing the uh, mailbag. Mailbag. There's a new Blues Clues, so that yeah, I just heard that too. Fuck that! No, there isn't. There's only one. You're right. It's Josh now. (laughs) Josh. Josh seems cool. Um, I should probably mention uh, Tekken. 
<clears throat> before we get into the mailbag, uh, Tekken is partner. They gained a new sponsor this weekend, Astro Gaming. Uh, part of that is that Astro Gaming sets are going to be or headsets are going to be at the uh, Tekken World Tour stops. Part of that is a new online tournament series that uh, ends in someone going to Combo Breaker. But the big thing is that Astro Gaming is now throwing a hundred thousand dollars into the Tekken oh, World sick. Tour Finals prize pot. So now you've got uh, the winner taking home 50K instead of 7,500 from last year. Anyone who makes top eight is going to take home as much or more than last year's winner. So it's good to see uh, that growth in the Tekken scene continue. Definitely. Moving on up. All right. Uh, thank you very much for that. I'm glad we didn't miss that detail. Let's get to our first question from the mailbag rick at os underscore pith says what tips or suggestions would you guys give to someone trying to start an online show and podcast how about you guys let me take this one for a second i'll tell you what i did i found the smartest guys that i know people that know more than i do about specific topics we got a professional gamer here who also has great personality (laughs) (laughs) an e-gamer some call him no obviously somebody who's uh versed in the game uh picked him steve you know him you love him motherfucker wins awards and john's just the shit not only is he a good uh, e-gamer as well, but he's also funny. He brings a lot. He's got personality. So the point is, you have to have people who can speak if you're trying to do a podcast or a show. Um, you have to have people that aren't uh, obviously scared to be in front of the camera. And the other thing is, it really helps to have a structure. Nowadays, it's really Steve that puts the show together for us. That's uh, just a little behind the scenes. He doesn't just do schedules, people. He also does the recaps on the show and kind of puts all the topics together for us. So shout out to Steve. And then last but not least, if you're doing something video, it helps to have somebody who's not only good on camera, as you saw last week, but also um, technically savvy, and that is Alon. So it does take a lot to get into it, but uh, start with friends. Look, who is it? It is Alon, right there, hiding behind the pizza box. Um, Know what you're going to talk about. Decide what you want to talk about uh, ahead of time, and uh, try to stay topical. Try to get guests, what we try to do. My only advice is to try it once and see what you fucked up, and then you can fix it. Yeah, yeah. What I or if you didn't like it, it, I would say just do it because you love it. Because if you're expecting this to blow up, I wouldn't. It's probably not going to happen. This is a lot of work. It's there are going to be days where you don't want to do it, but being you know being regularly on, having a regular schedule, is one of the keys to continuing to build build an audience because if you're not here that audience is going to go away and they're going to move on to other things so be prepared to work at it and so make sure what the work you're doing is something you enjoy rob someone just uh subbed while we were talking Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rob. The, the other uh, the other bit of information is to make sure that Die by Sword watches or listens. To <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, it's been a while, by the way, Die by Sword. Where you been? <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. We love you. We love you. And then, no, uh, I... if it's an audio podcast, make sure that you have good equipment with good microphones because uh, people are more likely to click away from your product if it sounds bad than if it looks bad. Um, so make sure it sounds good first, and make sure it looks good second. Mm-hmm. That's all I got on that one. Should we go to the next uh, question? A big thing, oh, a big wait. part of it, just really quick, uh, kind of piggybacking off of what Steve just said. If you uh, if you do it out of uh, because you would really want to do this, if you do this because you would do it in your free time or you would have fun doing it and you do enjoy doing it, 
always use that as the fuel as much as you can, um, as opposed to, well, I have to do this because, you know, I want to make some money or, or anything along those lines. Um, because it, when you're doing that, it shows, it absolutely shows. And, uh, and then everything that Steve said about, you're probably not going to be making a bunch of money off of it, especially not at first. Um, that's going to be the only reason you come back is because you enjoy doing it. So, um, if you're kind of on the fence about it, don't go for it. But if it's something that you can see yourself doing and you say, I would love to do that. If it's something that I would have fun, um, just pursuing regardless if there are, you know, zero or 7,000 people watching then go for it. And I have one last piece just relating to all of that, which is like in content creation in general, I think an important rule is to not like become a meme of yourself. Like if you start to become popular for something, continue to do what you want in addition to that thing. I think a lot of content creators like kind of stick to only what made them popular. And mm -hmm. in the end, you'll end up tumbling on top of yourself. If you just become, you know, that thing and you stop yeah. enjoying it and you stick to that and that's the only thing you do like continue to keep it varied and don't and don't ruin what you had by by doing it too much beaver for the win just subbed how many months in a row was that Elon? 19 19 months my goodness and uh also shout out to the person who asked that question for letting us feel like we're worthy of even answering that question all right our next question yeah is pretty much like spongebob when he ripped his pants that's actually a really <laughs> great example jspec333 what special move or super has given you the most trouble, stress in any fighting game you have played? For me, <laughs> Cable, Hyper, Viper, Beam, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 has got to be the worst by far. Marvel vs. Capcom 2 for the summit. What about you? Oh, this is easy as fuck. Morgan Astral Vision. Every time that character splits into two, builds two bars during it, and then does it again, I want to rip my hair out. And uh, many times I did. That stuff, I, oh, so annoying. <laughs> easy. John? Oh, there's there's going to be a right answer to this, and I'm not going to know off the top of my head. The first thing that comes up to my mind is anytime I had to play against Sea Viper in Street Fighter 4, I hated that bitch. But there might be a better answer. I don't know. I'd have to think about it for a while. Hey, you know, T-Hog beats Sea Viper, believe it or not. Nice. Um, Steve? First of all, thank you, Sea Trigger, uh, for four months in a row. We appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, man. Uh, Skullgirls. I tried to make uh, Parasol work so bad, so hard, but God, Peacock just blows her up. She is like, she can throw so much crap at, at you at the same time. She can cover the horizontal, she can cover the vertical, and you have, like, you're, she's the le one of, if not the least mobile characters in that game, trying to get trying to take down the ultimate zoner it is just hell and i think we're gonna wrap it up there gentlemen thank you very much for the questions thank you for the show thank you to rick uh for putting on an awesome tournament thank you to esteban i didn't ask him for permission but thank you for the clip that you uh got of that word being given thank you to everybody who streamed it uh the the various games because we were able to steal clips here and there uh and most importantly thank you to michael Michael, Elon, Jonathan, and Steven. And Via 313. <laughs> and and uh, Sonic Fox. But more importantly, John for the pizza. And Steve for my pizza. And John for uh, for Mike's pizza. It was really good, dude. There will be redemption bets in the future. Yes. Take it yes, up. There will. Ask me what it's going to be. All right, guys. Thank you very much for watching. We'll be here next week. We might have a schedule change, so stay tuned to the Twitters. Um, you know, this guy's moving up in the world. I mean, first of all, can we just take a moment to appreciate how he's dressed? Look how sharp this guy's looking. 
Yeah, that deserves the pleasure, right? Um, you're going to be on <laughs> assignment, on a, a work assignment next week? Yeah, so we'll have to figure out how we do that. We'll figure out if we do it Monday or Thursday or some other day. Uh, whatever works for the boys, uh, we'll get it done. All right, guys. Thank Good you. night, Canada. 